This is the Unicorn Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Clymer. Welcome to the Unicorn Hunters. I'm Greg Clymer. I'm here today with Andrew Pappas, supercar and hypercar specialist to the world, uh, located in Southern California. Been working with Andrew for years. Andrew, how are we doing? I'm great. I got my, uh, my assistant here. Trusty sidekick, as always. Sitting the boss. There, holding the couch down. CFO. Somebody <laughs> has to do the hard, hard work and heavy lifting. Oh, she's the closer, dude. So I want to touch base with you on some things this week because uh, rolling this Unicorn Hunters project out has kind of taken longer deal, dealing with COVID and obviously no filming regulations in Los Angeles and me being in Australia for the past few months. I haven't really had a chance to to be there when they were open in order to get these things rolling and, and get things filmed. So I figured it was best to jump on one of these Zoom casts and start putting some information out there to not just the people that are going to be watching this, but also our client base and the people that we do business with so they can see where we're at in the market, where some of their cars are in the market, and maybe potentially some of the cars they're looking to buy right now, uh, which we feel could probably be in their best interest. So I want to touch base with you on that and kind of see your perspective. And, and I think the biggest thing so far is kind of what we've seen in that Porsche GT market over the last couple of months and where it's been, yeah. where it's going, uh, and where we feel it's going to go in the next six months to a year. So what do you feel it, it has been going on in just that category? Really, um, in general, and this goes for almost everything in the exotic market, at least, and then you know, I, I understand that's the, the stuff that's like, you know, stuff that you probably see more of too, like, you know, cause you do a lot of leases and stuff and you're getting people cars all over the place all the time on the volume side of things. But even the good inventory on that level is getting snatched up quick. Wow. I mean, I'm hearing crazy, like Dodge Durango's you can like, they, they, they have a lease special. It's like, okay, well that's great. But how about finding one? You know what I mean? But when it comes to like the cars that, you know, that me and you have always done for, for years now and, and the stuff that like even six months ago, or even I would say like pre COVID right, you know, after January or whatever, like some of the cars that like we thought were going to stay up or we thought that we're going to, you know, be, be up for a while that were just like kind of start, starting to tank a little bit. And it's almost like, it's like, okay, but well, you know, at, at that point it was almost like the. GT3 RS 2016s were in a lot of people's minds. Like was, that car is going to be 115 in no time, and who knows where the yeah. non RS is or whatever. But now, like, I'm not saying stuff is like I'm not saying everything's up value wise, but a lot of stuff is is doing so well right now that it's almost shocking because, like, you know, you'll see cars get listed and then it's like, okay, why did we even pay the photography guy to come in today because <laughs> yeah. literally like it could have it could have been sold on instagram by one of the sales guys and and we don't really know how the lead came in but stuff gets listed and it's gone or and I, I think a lot of times it's even word of mouth now more so so a lot of these dealerships that are getting good inventory in the rare cases that they can actually buy it for somewhat close to what would make sense for for a dealership like stuff is getting snatched up and and i think a lot of even dealers don't understand when they're bidding cars or when they're, you know, trying to buy cars or if they're going to the auction or whatever, like it just seems like on the retail side of the business. Cause I've obviously, as you know, like it's always been 50, 50 for me. I've done a lot of buying 
you know, for a long time now. And, and then also, you know, on the selling side, um, kind of kicked that volume up with leasing and stuff. And so I've kind of seen it, you know, on a you know, multiple car level, like right now, P1s, like a good P1 is bringing pretty impressive money compared to like what you were hearing cars were fire selling for <laughs> a couple so months ago. I think, I think a couple things. So on one of the cars you touched on, I, I've, we've both seen lately uh, a lot of people that are now making a little bit of money in this market, strangely enough, obviously with stocks and, and investments going up for certain people. I think the 16 RS is now attainable for a lot of people that last year they were maybe in that M3, M5 category. And now they're looking to get their first car that might breach into that sports car realm. And it's going to be that, that RS that six months ago, I'm putting 128 to 135 on that car. Now today that car is bringing 140 to 145 on a wholesale number for me to buy it from a client that no longer wants the car. And then we're moving him into something else. And for me to turn that car around, put tires and brakes on it, service the car, clean it up, shoot photos, advertise the car, sell it for me to make a couple thousand dollars. That's where I'm putting a value on that car now, as opposed to six months ago. And we're making, you're on the same page as me. So we try and make a fraction of the profit of a dealer. Like that's a franchise store, like a Porsche store, or some of these other used car stores that we've seen over the last couple of years hold 100, 150 cars in inventory that are now going out of business because of being locked down for a few months and not having as many clients to buy the cars that aren't hot sellers. And what right. they try and do is rip that car, common industry term, rip. So you try and buy that car for as little as you possibly can and get that guy to say yes to your number so that you can advertise it for the highest price possible and sell it for the largest margin. We don't really operate like that, but that's no. why we can save our clients a lot more money, put them into a lease on a used car, which they didn't even know was possible before. Well, and yeah, a lot of people don't know that Amazon leasing, you can lease a, you know, a 2018 or 19 488 coupe and your payment's 1900 bucks plus tax. Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, that's 63 AMG money. <laughs> and, there, yeah, and there's multiple lenders that we can sell send these people to in order to get them the best option possible. And that being one of them, but also we have multiple strategies. A lot of people sell these strategies online or sign you up for their program to show you how to buy your first supercar. When all you really need to do is call us. Like we literally, legitimately, we have multiple ways of getting people funded on these cars that they might not be aware of as long as they're financially in the position to pay for it at the end of the day. Yeah. They don't need to sign up for a program to learn how to buy a car to turn around and rent it out to somebody to pay their payment and then save the remainder so that now all of a sudden they're making money on a car. You yeah, don't all have of a sudden to brand for, ambassador. For kids that are out there watching this, I don't know if there's two or 2,000 or whatever, but you don't have to sign up for this program. Literally all you have to do is call Andrew or myself and we'll discuss with you how to properly buy these cars so that you're not underwater six minutes later and now you can't get out of the car, you're stuck in it. To leave the lease or, or the purchase, you have to have an astronomical buyout in order to get out of it and now you're trapped. Well, just, yeah, just like anything, I mean, there's always, um, there. I think there can be some value in these courses. And I also think that just like, um, uh, I'm not going to say any names, but just like, you know, some people on YouTube that do like, um, you know, men a mentor mentorship or, or yeah. basically like, so there's always a guy that, that actually is, has some good points and he's a smart dude. 
And then there's a, like 10 other people who just regurgitate what he says and then yeah, try to make go it to the source. Right. So in my opinion, like there's always kind of like the leader in that little ecosystem of yeah. whatever kind of courses we're talking about. And those groups actually do have that value sometimes. In fact, I'm trying to figure out how to get into one of them myself because there's a lot of deals in there and a lot of people that are selling cars and, you know. So you're trying to do it to buy and sell cars out of the group for people that maybe either couldn't, couldn't get done what they thought they could by utilizing that type of thing or they're right. just looking to move down the road. I'm talking about kids that have, you know, they're 22. They have right. five grand in the bank. They have a job that pays them six, 60 grand a year and they're going to go, go buy an R8. Don't do it. Yeah. Call me. I'll talk you out of it. I'll put you in an M3 that you can afford. And yeah. in two years when you're making more money, I'll show you how to buy a GT3. But right now to over leverage. Or in your case, you could just show that person how to buy Tesla stock. And then all of a sudden they could get, they could pay cash for the GT3. Pretty much. There's I mean, I mean, now, but tricks. obviously the, now is a special time. So it's, it's leveraging though, right? Like it's leveraging because the bank only wants to see that you know how to leverage your money. That's what they're really looking for at the end of the day. Like the debt to income ratios are what they are because a bank wants to know that you're smart enough to know how to leverage your money. Like right. if, I, if I carry debt, I do it in order to benefit myself the best way possible to turn that debt into something that produces income for me so I can then pay my debt off and right. then do it all over again. And a lot of people don't do that because they find out in their 20s or, or even later sometimes that these things called interest rates and compounding rates all of a sudden stack up on their credit cards and now they can't pay those balances down. They'll never pay them down. Yeah, because they don't have the income potential to produce enough income at one time to where they can put 10 grand on that $12,000 debt and pay it down. Yeah. They're, they're making $1,000 payments on 12 grand. Well, all these things are great. And I've been there. You know what I mean? Like all these, uh, all these, you know, okay, you got to get into this car and then you can go take your credit to this level and then get into this car. Yeah. But guess what? That's, that's nice if your income is also going here and here yeah. and here. But now, a lot of these. That's. That's actually a curious point I wanted to bring up with you because we get a lot of the same type of clientele, obviously for years now that their income will be, you know, baseline 26 grand a year. And then all of a sudden something happens, boom, they're making 300, 400, $500,000 a year. And they're wondering why, if I have this $40,000 car that I bought while I was on a $26,000 income, why all of a sudden can I not qualify for a, $200,000 car, even though I'm making four or $500,000 a year now. And, but I've, well, yeah. I've only had that income for, let's say four to six months. So, uh, so basically when a lot of people start making that kind of money, especially when you're coming from making a lower income, right? Like you, not, not even average, just a low income. And then all of a sudden, like you said, whatever happens clicks and, and all of a sudden, you know, they're making money and, uh, a lot of times, especially like younger people that are inexperienced with this stuff, like they think that, and I've been there too. I'm 31 now when I was 22, 23, I was a complete dumbass. but we've all, you know, we, I'm actually glad that I did this and I had those expensive payments, but at the same time, it's not always a great thing to stick that yourself in a payment like that. I think that's because if your income is. for some reason comes down, just like we saw in 08 and just like we've seen sometimes recently other you know for the people that weren't smart enough to get into the for stock a lot market, of people for a lot of people that have lost income recently i mean that's that's right. the, 
that's a majority of the public, I think. But the biggest, the biggest thing really is like, and you know, you have to understand like, well, you do understand, but as, as far as like people watching, I had to teach myself how to basically be a, a sales guy, a finance manager all at the same time. And, you know, I just my own deals. And when you're selling Ferrari, you know, Ferraris, Lambos, McLaren, stuff like that, most stores have a finance manager. Some Ferrari stores are just like, you know, the sales guy does everything, but like those guys have been doing it for years. So and nobody's I, willing I would actually have the same question too sometimes because I would tell the, you know, the buyer at the bank, like, okay, this guy's got this, this is income. And they're like, okay, well, that's great, but he's making that money for seven months. Yeah. And then, I, and then, and then the next thing would be like, okay, well, I mean, the payment's only this much and he's got a lot of money down and then the loan amounts over a hundred grand. So as soon as a loan amount is over a hundred grand or in, in other, a lot of cases with me, cause I do so much leasing, which we'll get to, but the lease, you know, the, the, the lease amount is over a hundred grand yeah. instantly that, 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 that packet, that deal is going straight upstairs. Yeah. Like your buyer is not going to be the only set of eyes on that deal. It has to go to management and upper management and upper, upper management and freaking everybody's going to look at it. The risk factor, you know, like I've worked with some and, of the, the largest financial companies in the automotive industry. And I see how they look at everything from cost of financial product, like warranties and aftermarket ads to why are we going to buy this loan on our lending side when the risk factor multiplied based upon these flag scenarios. And when a person comes into a store, they don't know that they're looked at like an entity. They think that they're looked at as this is me. This is who I am. I'm Greg Clymer. I have an 850 FICO score. I make right. X amount of dollars. You should buy my deal. No, that's not how it works. Like you are an entity that's broken down to, into financial stability. Are you financially Correct. stable and capable to be somebody that we feel we can lend money to and earn interest on based upon the risk that you provide. Do we think that you're going to make us the most amount of interest before you pay this car off without having any defaults? That's pretty much how it breaks down. And like you said, when it needs to be looked at by secondary eyes, a third person, a fourth person, and a final person that, in underwriting, the reason is because everybody wants to be on the same page and agree that that person is financially stable enough to take on that debt. And when these people come into stores and they think I'll be approved like that because my score is 700, but I have three trade lines. You got another thing coming. Like it's yeah. years of, I've only seen that happen one time. And that was as far as like somebody getting a miracle approval, but it wasn't a total miracle. And you know, the deal because you were the one that walked me through how to get it approved with my girlfriend. Cause she had nothing. Yeah. She had it's it, a story. You know, I seven score, but yeah. that uh, nursing certificate, boom. That's eight, it. Stay here, approved, done. Two grand yeah. down, 600 a month or 650 a month for SQ5. And when you send somebody. I would not have gotten that deal. And I've, I've had reason paid auto. Because the guy that I put the phone in his hand to call the bank, I trust him with everything because he, I've seen him get, he tells the story to the bank every time. Yeah. Like exactly. somebody that's lived in his basement for 30 years and he knows what they've eat and eaten and drank for 30 years every day. And mm -hmm. he vouches for this person. And I look at it as, I call it the Nike scenario because Nike sold billions of dollars of product off of a story on every shoe, on every cap. 
They tell a story. So when I get on the phone with a bank or when he gets on a phone with the bank and I've done it a thousand times, I get nice and comfortable, sit back, grab my phone and I tell the story. Because if you talk calmly and you tell them the story, chances are your deal is going to get bought if it's credible and if you have the right type of leverage in your deal and you can show yeah. stability. And with your girlfriend, you have a nursing degree that shows capability to finish a long-term studying program in school and put forth the effort to achieve a guaranteed goal. income, guaranteed income. That's what it is. You have guaranteed. She can go anywhere with that, get a job, pay her bills. And she oh, has yeah. very low debt load. Perfect. So, you know, when you submit that to a program called dealer track that tracks deals to multiple banks at the same time, for those that don't know, and you get these little green check marks for, Hey, we want your business. Here's what we'll pay. You get the red X's for, we don't want it here unless you have a really good story. And then you have to call us to make us say yes and reverse. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Or you better know somebody at the bank. And by the way, how come you've never seen a bill that you wanted to pay? Exactly. And yeah. with her, you're going to get a lot of red check marks based upon it cycling through her as a, as an entity and saying you're an inexperienced payer. But well, she had one credit card, dude. I mean, that's it. Yeah, and, you don't and the have, reason for her good score was because it was have a, any a history. Balance. You don't have any payment history. So when you get somebody on the phone that knows what to say and knows what to provide, these deals get done. And that's why people- Or in, in our case, like, you know, what I, again, when I realized that how essential leasing is for, especially exotics more so, because like, on my personal car, which right now is a, is a $50,000 car, I was okay to finance it because I, I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm going to lose the taxes, but that's like 3,500 bucks, dude. Yeah. When you're talking about a $200,000 car at 10% in LA or nine and a half or whatever they're gouging people for in LA for taxes, yeah. you're talking about almost 20 grand. So you're- What happens with your market you're, value? Exactly. So, I mean, let's face it. Nobody's, if, you, if you're doing a lease anyways, you don't want to put a ton of money down. Um, and you know, right now you can lease, like, like we were saying, it's, we could lease a 488, like 230 car, really good car, like with like a three mid threes window sticker for like two grand a month. I feel like that whole program also kept a lot of people from joining the blue plate gang as, as you're aware of a lot of our more financially stable clientele that's in California that doesn't like to pay California sales tax on a lot of things, RVs, cars, supercars, whatnot. Right. Um, they'll go ahead and sign up for a Montana uh, business and put a plate on their car. And I feel like that's mainly because they're either going to move in and out of that car so quickly, they don't want to eat the depreciation of the tax and the loss. And they don't want to pay that against the value of yep. the car because they're not getting deals on these cars. Let's be honest. They're paying all the money. Um, uh, yeah. A, a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so when, when they go to transfer it, that can create a lot of headaches for a lot of people. Usually it's us because we're the ones transferring everything for everybody. But also the next person is going to wind up paying sales tax on that car and to pay sales tax on a used car. I mean, the state of California and every other state that does this makes a pile of money because if you can continually, well, especially them, California, cause we don't have a tax credit, dude. Exactly. So In other states, they're paying tax on the tax different Google reciprocal states tax code and do your research on reciprocal states and why you would want to register and own a car in states like Arizona 
and trade that car in as opposed to California. We'll let you do the research. We won't have to go down the road. Yeah, it's pretty simple stuff. But yeah, but so back to the leasing though. Um, you know, when I when I was telling you that I had to basically kind of by trial and error and then obviously learning as much as I can as as quick as I can when I realized how essential leasing cars to people would be for my income, because obviously we're on commission. Um, I've been on commission my entire life since I was 18 years old and could legally get a sales license. But when I realized the amount of volume that can be done as opposed to just waiting for cash deals, which are few and far between, you have to learn how to finance people that, and you have to learn how to lease people. But more importantly, if you want them to come back to you, you have to learn which one works better for that person, which one they should do, which way you should put, you know, point them, what direction to point them as far as whether they should finance or lease or long-term finance or pay cash or whatever. And then once you break it down that way and you go, okay, this guy, it makes sense for him to lease it. Well, guess what? A lot of times that same guy, if you look at his history of cars that he's owned, you know, he's, he's, he's bought five cars this last year. And if you leased all of them and he was going to get out of one in five months, right? What's going to happen then? What, what then open end or close end? The problem with a lot of these, even dealers, but a lot of these brokers out there and a lot of these guys that, you know, are always just hunting the next car deal, right? They don't know that. If you ask me, Andrew, let me ask you a question. What bank should I go through? I'm going to tell you what bank you should go through because guess what? I know that the other banks are going to charge you a two payment fee. So if your payment's three grand and you want to get out of the lease in five months, I can get you out of the lease with, you're not paying a two payment penalty fee. You know how much money that is? That's like, I had somebody write a $9,000 check extra and I got him out of the 720S after four months, dude. Yeah, Four months. And he only lost like five grand on the car. That's a miracle. And you know that on a 720S. Like, yeah, and the reason so, being because we can take that car and sell it to the next guy that we already have in the queue waiting for that 720S might not be that specific car, but looking for that yeah. car from us. Exactly. So you could go and trade it in. Yeah. Whereas you go trade it and lose 30 grand or you could wait a couple days or a couple weeks or whatever. And obviously we won't let it go find too long if it's not moving. Yeah, we'll find a buyer. In most cases, you're going to get almost retail for your car just by letting the right person sell it for you. Or flip side of this, you can meet one of these kids at a car show whose mom and dad or uncle or brother or somebody owns a dealership or, um, or they have a friend who has a car and you know, or they're a reporter at a, at a store and they know the whole business, right? Whatever it is. And then they're going to be like, Hey, you want to sell your car? I heard you want to sell your car. I can find you your next car. I have a friend who has this car that you want. Go ahead and get it from me. Now, all of a sudden, they're in the deal. They're calling me or you or somebody that is in the same position as us. It's not always just us. It's friends of ours that we work tightly with. And they're trying to get a deal from this guy. And really, they know nothing about the business. They're trying to work in a $20,000, $30,000 commission for themselves on the cost of the car. They don't understand the lending Which value. is ludicrous because they think that people actually make that much, let alone dealerships. Yeah. And, and a lot of dealerships do, believe me. But you can't expect to have a non-returning like, customer and volume mindset and make money in any, in, in, in really any business, like, well, you know, the, the watch business, car business. What I've seen, and I've blocked a lot of these kids on social media um, and from my phone itself is yeah. trying to position themselves as the hero. They set us up as the barrier or the, the roadblock for their client. So when we can't get that deal funded on that car, they think they can call somebody else and get the deal done. 
and they're not going to. And if somehow they do, it's because their client came up with so much cash to eat up that commission in the deal that the bank will fund on it. But really it's a matter of us going to the bank, proposing the deal, showing them what's on the table, which is usually a car that we're making a, a few thousand dollars on. And this person's trying to make $20,000 on their client. We have a, a car to move for a client. We, all we care about is helping our client, making sure they're happy. If that, if they Absolutely. do their client at the end of the day, that's their reputation on the line. But then a lot of it comes back to us when we can't get that deal bought by the bank because the new owner isn't willing to come up with 40, 50, 60, $70,000 down on a lease on that car. These kids don't have a license. They don't have insurance. They don't have a business card. They have nothing. All they have is a guy who wants to buy a car and our phone number. And there so we get to all the work and, and then they just sit there and they can't answer one question. So if the customer says, okay, well, um, what's the term? Yeah. Normally you would think at least if you send somebody a structure, they could tell you what the term was, but sometimes they don't even know. So you, they're calling you and wasting four to five minutes of your time trying to walk them through what a term is on yeah. a 62 month or a 72 month term or a 60 month term. Meanwhile, they're probably watching Netflix with their girlfriend and chilling and you're doing all the work and they still want their five grand. These guys don't have girlfriends. This, this is, I've seen, Typically, yeah. I've seen these kids walk around cars and coffees and I've seen their dads and, and other people tell their friends, Oh yeah, let junior here sell you your next car. You know, you're looking for a nine eighteen. let junior sell it to you. And I mean, having a conversation with some of these kids is like watching paint dry. And then you go and try and like, negotiate a deal with them on a car that you have access to through a client or you own and you've bought for inventory to sell at retail and they're trying to lowball you to work in a fifty, sixty thousand dollar commission on a guy that their dad plays golf with that he could probably pay cash for it. I'd rather not take the deal. Like there's some cars yeah. I have to sell. I'd rather not take the deal because it's going to come back to me with kink at some point or they're going to come back and be like, hey, I need to sell this car. Well, now that you've buried this person in it, what do you expect me to do? Because cars go down. They don't very rarely until recently do they ever go up. And almost never, yeah. You look you like know, a bad guy. My favorite one, really quick, and then we can move on. I once had um, a, a broker who was trying to make like 10 grand on every deal, no matter what. If, if we were making seven total on the entire deal, including the financing, he thought he deserved 10 of it, which obviously- Do I know this person? I hope not. Just say I don't the think state. Do. What's that? Just say the state. Uh, California, sir. Okay. Continue. So I'm not going to give up any names here, but anyways. Right. Uh, or, or vehicles, because I, I don't want to give yeah, anything. Yeah, no, away. we keep everything pretty private yeah. here. When it comes but to detail breakdowns. And no, stuff. it's better that way, right? Because yeah. uh, obviously there's no reason to badmouth anybody. But I, this is just a classic example Nobody of why wins. it doesn't work yeah. and why people who do this are never really going to last in, in, in this game because they're, they're not going to have loyal customers and definitely not loyal dealerships, at least not me. But anyways, um, basically he wanted to make at least 10 grand on every single car. Didn't care what, what we were making. He didn't even know what we were making, which obviously is like, you know, 10 grand is not a, a bad lick on some cars. And obviously every business has to make money, but like for the broker to ask for 10 grand on a, 
car that like you're already trying to give the guy a deal on, it's kind of hard to do that in many, most cases, almost all cases. If the car is not a million two, don't come at me asking for 10 grand. Right. No, because my margin's not going to be there. I'm not going to have it. Yeah. I can't make you're money, make money my but stores and my employees and my insurance and everything and pay you 10 grand on a deal when my rent's 13 grand a month. Yeah. Now on the, on the other end, on the, on the flip side of it though, if you bid on a car, right? If you bid say, you know, 600 grand and you know that you're comfortable there and somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I got the car for 590. I want to make 10 grand. Eh, that's not that bad. Right. It's a little bit more acceptable. Circumstances. And I have to have a relationship. But if you grind me down on a car that I have or that I have access to, or especially my customer's car, because then I, I kind of have to take it more personally. Like, yeah. you're going to grind me down to nothing. And then at the end of it, that's when you announce your broker fee that you have no paperwork for, nothing. You don't, you're basically just like making it up. Yeah, you you're an unlicensed, you undocumented worker. You want me to 1099 you out of my yeah, business? You might as well, you might as well go work in a field somewhere. Yeah. You want me you to put my you, business at risk in the state of California where I'm right. legally not allowed to pay somebody who is not a licensed insured broker by the state of California's DMV. You want me to potentially pay my fine, which is three times your fee just to pay you. That's it's like going to look at a house that you see a for sale sign on and this dude walks up to you and you think it's the realtor. And then it's the, it's like the, the, the gardener walks up to you and he sells you the house and then he asks the realtor for, for a $30,000 fee. It's like, no dude, like yeah. that you're not qualified to do this. Yes. Like, <laughs> so let me ask you a question. Cause you've been super busy lately, which has been, that's why it's been hard for us to get this done, which is great. Like the market time, for us lately, I'm not going to complain about anything. Obviously we're worried about everybody that's been sick lately and everything going on financially for a lot of people. Yeah, we, we're, we're lucky to be off. just, working and, 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 uh, able to I'm just put my interact. Head yeah. I'm just putting my head I mean, down. And, and, I mean, technology though, like I used to like, you, you used to come by the office all the time and yeah. that's how we would do this. Like we'd sit down and we'd go over stuff, but now it's like, we're Thousands doing that miles away and doing the same yeah. thing. The only difference is you can't bring bring me a coffee. So true. And I miss your coffees in, in, in your office too. Cause you have the best coffee machine I've found in years, but it was okay. Let me ask you a question. So give me right now, today's market, your top three hypercar, supercar, exotic car, whatever the tagline of the last five years is, um, your top three cars that you would buy or lease or whatever, put a contract on right now and get into in terms of best time to buy, most stable and best bang for your buck as to what you're getting right now today. Give me three. Um, okay. So if you're a payment buyer and what would you, you want to get it, what would I buy personally? Yeah, yeah. Right now? Money's not an option. Obviously we're not talking McLaren F1. We're talking cars like we continually transact on, on a regular basis. I'm talking Senna's P1's, uh, Pagani's of all sorts, uh, Ferrari F40, TDF, Enzo, LaFerrari, that category, caliber car, Carrera GT 918, you know, stuff like that. The norm for, for like, I won't say the norm for everybody, but the norm for like, you know, your, your type of clientele, my type of clientele, the cars they move in and out of after they. Honestly, right now, if I could, if I could find, and, and this is a big if, 
but if I could find a 911R, like if you called me tomorrow and said, I, I have a 911R, it's not listed anywhere. It hasn't been offered by any brokers to, yeah. you know, anywhere. Email blasted out to every dealership in you know, this side of freaking Timbuktu. I, on the sheet that I'm looking at right now alone, which obviously, as you know, I'm not that organized sometimes with my keeping track of, uh, of, of some things, but I'm getting we're better, right? We're working on it. 10, I, I could probably sell that card 10 times over. So 911R, very hot, a lot of demand for those. Carrera GT, I don't want to say forget about it because they pop up every now and then. But dude, if you have a Carrera GT, like call me, please. Because a lot of these dealers, what you don't want to do, even with some of these cars that everybody knows are going up and, and quickly. And when I say quickly, I mean for the right car, like a couple hundred grand more than they were less than a year ago. It's quickly. the phone call too. So real quick, like on those cars. So if I call you with the car, you know what I own it for because I tell you flat out, like, Hey, here's what I can buy the car. Every time. Yeah. But when we get calls on the same cars from other people who got it from outside the ownership of the car, who may have heard through a, per through a person or somebody who knows somebody that that car is for sale. And then it works its way back to us. And now all of a sudden the car that's sitting and how many times has this happened to you sitting 15 feet that way. Right. Literally somebody called it to offer it to you for sale because it, they can't see it on your website. So they don't know you have it because we keep things quiet and the car is $50,000 more, but it's 15 feet over there. How many times is that? Um, more than I would like to admit, but it that happens all the time. Concept. And and the thing is, is, is these guys, it, it goes to show you the difference between somebody who's like a professional and actually cares about not only their reputation, but about just the way they come across to people, you know, the, what people might think uh, about, you know, how they transact and stuff like that. Like people don't even know where the car is. They don't know what state it is, is it's in and they offer it to you. Yeah. So do you want to deal with guys like that? Or do you want to deal with somebody who can literally tell you the clutch life? Uh, you know, whether the big service was done, how many pieces of luggage the car has. I'm talking about CGT, obviously. Um, you know, any paint work, any stories, anything, literally yeah. anything. Over and be upfront about it. Hours on the motor. Like, what are the paint readings? What are the, mil what are the mills on the paint? Like, yeah. is the car covered in clear bra? Which part? Yeah, how much of it is clear bra? Does yeah. it have it on the rockers? Does it have it Who on? Who did the clear bra? That's a big one for me. Who did the Helpful, clear? yeah. <laughs> like, there's a couple people, yeah. if you tell me certain people did the clear bra, I have to touch the car. Because well, yeah, in that case, it's, on the clear it's like, bra, okay, not only paint. is it clear bra, but it's, it's, it's clear bra that's over what? Promoted. How many layers of paintwork are underneath yeah, that? that too. <laughs> but I've seen ones where a certain company will always use promoter underneath their clear bra. And then when you go to pull it off because it's yellowed after five years, you're ripping paint off with it. And even if that car wasn't painted before, it will be now. And oh, yeah. Have fun with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not going to be responsible for that. It'll go from metallic to flat in about <laughs> three seconds. So we have a 911R. We have a Carrera GT. So, so far, two, two Porsche products. What's your third? Um, how many do I have? Five? Three. 
You only get three. Oh, I have a third. Okay. Oh shit. Um, I think right now, honestly, the um, I, I love the F12 TDF. Love it, and I think those cars are a bargain right now. I think the just the fact that they're under a million is crazy. Um, is and some some of them well under a million if you if you buy them right or if you know who to call. It's all on um, how you buy the car. It, well, it's uh, not only it. that, but it's, yeah, it's it's about um, what kind of connections the the people that you're dealing with have. Because a lot of people are limited. Even people that are at franchise stores are limited to what they have in front of them, and they don't know how to get anything else. But when when there's ways to get the right cars, obviously, and you know the real number, that's kind of what I what I'm a big believer in is like, what's the real money? You know what I mean? Like, what's what buys you the car? What gets me the car? Like, that's that's right. my thing. It's like, what can I? And buy? a lot of these people don't even know. You know, yeah. if they're not offering you a car that's right in front of them, and there's a there's a price online, and yeah. and you say okay, how much can I buy it for? They don't know. So, but back to that, I love the, uh, the Speciale, man. I love the Speciale. That's a great car. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it's one of the few cars that really hasn't adjusted much in any situation since it I came don't think out. So, unless somebody's touched the car. And by touched, I mean modded, in which case you've depreciated your car's value substantially because it was a rare car that was built specifically for yeah and sometimes like with Novatech parts and stuff like you can get you can get lucky and sometimes it's not even luck because i have one client that i've sold i think eight or nine of his cars that were Novatech, and every single one sold in less than a week actually two of them in, in, but in were five any of minutes one of them was a speciale and it had a it had about 150 grand of Novatech stuff on it and both times it brought more money than the same car would have brought stock. And that's rare because it's yeah. done right. And it's a lot of work and it's not hacked up and freaking cut up and the fenders are, you know, it's like, yeah, you have you to know. do it right. And, and shout out to tag motorsports right now doing their pista. Um, I mean, Oh my God, I want to see that thing. That's the, the tailor made one, right? Yeah. It's going to, it's, I mean, it's going to be a, a Novatech work of art. I mean, they build amazing cars over there. Thank you for everything. Can't you wait to see that. I appreciate it. Shout out to you guys, Sean, Alex, Thank you. Um, yeah. But that car is going to my wheels. It's gonna turn out <laughs> amazing. Yeah. That, that one will leak later. Your wheels will leak later. Yeah. Uh, we won't talk about that right now. I'm going to give you my three. And then I want to give you, I want you to give me your perspective on, because I'm curious what you think. I'm actually very curious what your three are. So my three are a 918. And these are all obviously if bought correctly. Um, a, a P1 and a gt3 rs 4.0 in a pts you know what? i was almost gonna go there because that is a unicorn and that was a unicorn a year ago but i feel like because that car came out at the same time and i'll let you get to your third one around the same time as the 2rs which was kind of like everybody's freaking out about the 2rs like you knew more about Porsches back then than I did because you've been doing this longer than I, I have. Them new at the time. Yeah. So like, what was it like between that and the two RS? Cause obviously the two RS was like, boom, they're like sold. So on the, it's crazy because I sold the, the Carrera GTs new also. And we had a, a yellow one with a black interior that right. we could not give away. And we had, we dealer traded it for a GT silver one and the GT silver one, I get a call literally 
10 minutes after I see them push it into the showroom and it's a dentist in Laguna beach and he's retiring in a week and he wants to buy that car for his retirement. So finally sell it. I'm talking that yellow one sat there in front of my desk for seven months, just staring at it. Like MSRP was probably four forty three eight nineteen. It it was almost 500 and nobody would touch it. And it had a $50,000 addendum that we took off after four months because nobody wanted the car because it, it wasn't today. Like this is a different market. You got to think. So when the, the three RS four liter came out and the GT two RS or the GT two came out, nobody, they were all pre-sold. That was one of my three, two. That's like all time favorite, dude. That's one of my all time. Everything was pre-sold. We sold them at sticker because we didn't think that there was going to be a massive demand for it. And we were lucky to see them go at the time. Right. So cycle down three years down the road and people are trading them in for the new model for the 991. And you're seeing people get crazy money for these cars that didn't pay a markup on them when they bought them new. But at the time, crazy money was a hundred over. Yes. Right. Yes. Correct. Okay. So I have uh, some, uh, uh, somebody that I know and I, I, I want to get it from him eventually, but uh, I, I got to wait till I find him another special car before I can ask him these questions. Cause he's uh, <laughs> he's actually, he buys, I think 200 cars a year. Go up in value. Cause at that point they had said, we might not ever do this again. You know? Straight yeah, of course. So the three liter four point or the, the GT three RS four liter three RS. Yeah, man. The people that bought that car either wanted to track the car or they wanted that car to grow in value. And so they were, every time somebody was trying to buy that car, it was, can I get the car at MSRP? Because they knew that that market was going to explode because there was none of them. And the only people that we could get paint to sample orders for were ones who were previous GT customers that we had that we had to tell this like story to to the factory in order to get our allocation switched to a PTS order because otherwise it was going to be a standard color. You didn't just automatically get to order the car in a special color. So and then your God, your list for colors, dude. When when I tell you that I would I would option these 911s for people all day and that you could order anything back then. The book was oh, yeah. that thick, like that thick with, oh, let's just flip through all the stuff that we can stick on your car. With that car, it was literally one page, like maybe eight colors PTS that you could order. And for those that don't know and have been under a rock, PTS, paint a sample. Um, and some of these guys were like, well, what else have you ordered? I want the rarest color. So don't give me something that you ordered for somebody else. Get me something that I'm going to be the only one. So a lot of them were, you know, your Riviera blue, uh, your gray black, the, the colors now that we're seeing command crazy amounts of money. Um, signal orange. It, it's, it's laughable how few of certain colors are out there. And that's the car. Was it, on that car, was it signal orange or signal yellow? Uh, signal yellow, sorry. So well, it, it looks orange. So it it's, it's, I was just making sure. Less orange. So, I wasn't trying to correct you. I'm not that guy. No, no, it's fine. Thank you, actually, because I'm sure fanboys would obviously light me up. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, know. dude, keyboard warriors. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, so between that, the 918, um, and the P1, 
I don't see those cars ever dipping so far Never. in percentage of value to where they're not going to go up in 15 years. In 15 years, those are the cars to watch. Break I'll tell you what, though. I would almost bank on the RS 4 liter. I'm not saying over the 19. Have the biggest percentage of gain? Yes. Me too. Me too. It's the rarest. Look at what the old RSs are doing. Yeah. And, that, and what those cars cost new and what they – dude, it's like oh – My God. So, so did I ever tell you, did I tell you about – That I've owned and sold. Right. I used to buy cars on trade for six to 13 grand that were 912s, old 60s and 70s, 911s that people were like, get this car out of my La Cunata driveway that's 80 feet long. Like just yeah, yeah. And, there's, and there's a tree growing out of it. Yeah, give me eight grand. No, the car would be perfect, and they'd want eight grand for a perfect car that now is – Literally, I've seen one of my 912 sell for 60 grand. I sold it for 26, thinking I made a fortune back then. And this is only in 2011. So, dude, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, and it's ludicrous. The car has no power, no heritage, no history, no, no anything. And it's bringing that kind of money. And these are the yeah. guys also today that drive me nuts that'll offer me a, let's say, an 83 911 SC for 30, 35 grand. And I've bought that car a hundred times over for eight grand. Yeah. Literally. I won't touch that car for 30 grand. It's a pile. It's, it's yeah, no, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to drive it, but it's amazing what stuff can, can end up bringing. And then also what impresses me is the people that are smart, like <clears throat> with this kind of stuff. And it's, it's almost one of the fascinating things for me to hear stories like this, but I sold a, a polar silver Carrera GT. Um, to a, a customer that obviously a major Porsche collector. And it was really the only person that we needed to call at the time that me and the, the, one of the few brokers that I, you know, has a lot of collectors and he knows who to call, you know what I mean? And me and him put the deal together, but <clears throat> I, I didn't know how much of a Porsche guy that he was and collector wise until I went to put the car in the, in the, in the truck for reliable carriers. And there was a, a GT3 RS in there. And I was like, oh, is, uh, where, are you guys, where are you guys dropping that off on the way to him? Because he's out, you know, I think in uh, uh, Boston area, but some, some, something. No, Chicago. He's in Chicago. But um, basically, the, the lady that – it was a, a husband and wife team for Reliable. They have a, a few of those that work for Reliable, and they switch back yeah. and forth. And she's like, oh, no, um, they're both going to – to the, to the CGT owners, uh, to the new CGT owners, uh, place. Like, really? I was like, Oh, I didn't know he was buying two cars. She's like, well, neither did he, but he booked us specifically to only go straight to him because the car had to go straight to him after it was, uh, at, at, um, the McKenna. And, uh, we actually just picked up this other car because he booked the truck and it was, it was empty. So we figured he might as well put one more in there. So this guy just bought like a, you know, obviously a cool, yeah. Cool, GT3 RS, but it was one of the newer ones. But that, that's when I was like, okay, this guy's kind of like big time. You know what I mean? And then I heard that he had at one time, I know that there was 40 of them over a span of time, but I think 14 at the same time, like in his collection of the four liter RSs. And he went out and this is, this is my favorite part. He went out yeah. and he was finding them on rent list and, you know, other avenues of, you know, finding Porsches on top of the normal, the normal avenues to find these cars. And he was paying like a hundred over like back when 
people were kind of asking that, but they would have maybe let him go for less. But just to get the car, if it was close, he'd just be like, boom, take it, 100 over, done. And people were like, what's this guy up to? Dude, when they went up, nobody even knew he had these cars. And he would just slowly release his next Trickle better them car into the market. So we so didn't he, realize when I was selling them new, we didn't realize the market was going to take off until ours were already agreed upon at MSRP to our previous clients and sold. And then what we saw was other dealers that had opened new points and gotten allocations with um, new inventory for people that don't know. Like when you open a new store, they give you all the best inventory. So you're going to get these rare cars because they want people to come to your doors. Right? So these people would sell them for crazy amounts of money over sticker. Ours were already sold committed on paper. We can't then go back on it unless the person says, you know, I'm going to pass on the car give me my $5,000 deposit back. I decided I don't want the car. I'm going to get something else, whatever their issue that never happened on this car. People were like, yeah, I'll take that car at sticker. Yep. Boom. Done. My phone was ringing for a year and a half on that car. Hey, do you have any, Hey, do you know where I can find one? Hey, this is on three RS or two RS, the three RS four liter. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Can you put me in contact with the person that bought it from you guys? Like all kinds of stuff. And I mean, honestly, I called those guys back probably 40, 50 times in the first 18 months, they own those cars to try and see if they wanted to sell them to the next people that wanted to pay crazy amounts of money more for the cars. And they didn't, but eventually those cars came back to market for, like you said, a hundred, 150 grand over. And I agree with you on the fact that I think that car out of the three that I picked is going to retain the highest amount of percentage value over time and grow the most in, in value over time. Yeah. I think, I think the non four leaders will do well too. In fact, I agree. I had if a customer that recently was that if they're clean. So we see a lot of these guys that bring us ones that have been track beaten and yeah, 23,000 miles and, and 22,900 of them yeah. were track miles. And don't come at me asking me for crazy over retail money for a car that looks like it's been to Beirut and back. Because I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they stopped by Afghanistan on the way there and drove through yeah, a war zone. Exactly. But no. Um, <laughs> oh, and by the way, if you don't know what a DME is, don't call me ever. Yeah. If, now, customer wise, that's fine. If you're trying to sell me a car and it's a Porsche and it's anything older than like a, well, it doesn't matter. Any Porsche. If any you're RS, a middleman trying to sell me somebody else's Porsche and you call me, and I won't say your name right now, but you know if you're watching this who I'm talking about. If you call me and you say, oh, what's a DME? I have a car. Well, you just offered me a car that requires a DME for me to sell it to somebody else because that's the first question they're going to ask is, is the DME clean? Kids, get out your Google machine. Look up yeah. Porsche DME. Yeah. Put it in your memory bank. Don't call me about they, it. Yeah, they think they think DME is a new drug that they take at uh, uh, Coachella. Morons. So let me yeah. ask you a question on on new cars coming to market because we've been busy lately, um, especially yes. a couple of my guys that just putting people in new cars. Like their leases are up. There's a couple new exciting cars for them to get into in the market that they that they really like that they've been waiting for, and I wanted to get your perspective on a couple of cars that are coming to market. First being the new Land Rover Defender. Uh, the 110 is out. A lot of dealers have their demos. A lot of dealers have gotten a couple cars in inventory, but really they're 
you know, trickling them out to clients and people are asking crazy money for these cars. So they sticker at between right now, what we're seeing on dealers lots from high sixties to high eighties and the high eighties are, are obviously pre-sold um, to people that ordered crazy first clients in line. And a lot of these dealers are asking big money for these cars, 20, 30 grand over for a car that that's 35% of the car's value at some point, like to ask that kind of money with tax and everything, you're going to ask 30 grand over for a car that's nine. You better have a number and then another little dash and then another number. Well, and, and now we're paying tax number. and license on a markup that's 30 grand and 35% of my And then interest value. fees, you're paying, you're paying MSRP between the tax, the markup and the interest. Yeah. So what, what's your perspective on the new, on the new defender? What do you say? Take it or leave it. Where are you at? Um, take it if it's less than five over, if you really want to, if you really want the car, maybe pay a little over now or just wait a few months and then get one. Yeah. I don't know where they'll go, obviously. The, and this is a weird market. So I don't have a crystal ball. The way I look at it though, is j just how I look at the GT 500 because I was about to buy that one that we're taking in on that Senna this week, right? And I would prefer to just move it and flip it instead of taking, taking it for myself because I know what's going to happen. One of two things. Either I'm going to put it in a curb because it's a Mustang or it's gonna, I'm going gonna to lose my ass on it. So Yes, we've learned from that mistake. Let's move past and, it. And when I say lose my ass, I don't mean that the GT500s are going to tank. I mean that I was gonna buy it, buy it for like 15 over. And I don't think that's a wise financial decision when for the same money I could go lease a GT3 and- Well, and you're not even putting- here. So let's not even take into consideration that this is a car that we wouldn't even pay tax and license on. We'll stick a dealer plate on it, we'll ride on it. But also at the same point, we're putting miles on it. It's gonna depreciate in the market. More dealers are getting them every day. The markups I are keep forgetting. Go I, I keep forgetting about the dealer plate side and all the things that yeah. come along with having a dealership. Running these things, right? Benefits, perks, things that the yeah. kids don't know about, kids these days. So yeah. my perspective on this Defender, though, because I've already put a couple- Yeah, sorry, we, we got off track there with- No, it's okay. The leases are garbage because it says Land Rover on it. So let's get that out of the way. Then Typically, it's, it's frightening how bad they are. Unless it's a pin deal, which is like Evoke or- yeah, not go ahead. This. Yeah, not yeah. this. So yeah. what gets me is they're not stupid. Like Defender as a, or Land Rover as a bank understands that their cars de depreciate very heavily in this market. And they're not going to put a high residual on something that they know is going to depreciate heavy. And they're not going to put a low money factor or interest rate on something that they know they're qualified buyers like right. don't deserve discounts because they have the ability to pay for these things and they want prestige and notoriety in their driveway and they'll pay every time they've shown it through the years where they don't care about quality. They don't care about paying too much. They continually. Yeah. So why give And just so they can, just so they can go take it to fashion Island for a weekend and then it's in the shop on Monday morning. They're not okay with it, but I'll tell you what, they get uh, the, the Land Rover store is right down the street from Fashion Island, so it kind of works. And so um, to me, it's like these Land Rover dealers have conditioned their buyers to... To pay over every time. There you go. So you're going to pay me over every time. You're going to get... Now, a the Defender is a new... Is a, you're going to get a bad experience. Your ownership right. experience isn't going to be great. Your sales experience is going to be even worse. You're going to be in a loaner car, which is probably an Evoke every time. And you're 
let's say you're driving a full-size long wheelbase or an SVR or a Defender or something over the baseline evoke that they're going to give you as a loaner. And now you're- Yeah, the poverty package. All the time because it's basically going to be in there long enough for you to get a lemon law. So right. <laughs> where I'm at on this is- suppose You should have gone into of Orange. Refined. The car's been in Australia for a while now. They're here. They're plentiful here. Um, so you see them. And for me, it's like, I think people need to wait. Like, unless you have the means to where you don't care what it costs, which there's a lot of people that do. Okay. Great. I'm looking at values right now. I'm not distracted. I'm looking oh, at okay. defenders online. Um, go ahead. Continue what you're saying. So, I just want to so see what's listed. Like, if you're going to buy this car, wait. Wait until there's ample amounts of inventory across the United States. Because one thing that Land Rover put in place is a perimeter for their ownership. So if you as a buyer live in Mission Viejo, you can only buy a Land Rover within a hundred mile radius of your zip code because right. Land Rover wants you to visit your local dealers and not save money by buying one in Kentucky where they have 50 of them on a lot. They don't want you to be allowed to do that. Even though you have cash to, to spend and money to burn, they're not allowed by their dealer agreement to take your money on that car, which now makes you have to pay your market value which let's say so, 20 to 30 grand over. So let me ask you a question because this is actually going to be going to be a fun one for you. So here's one for 949 with 500 miles 2020 somewhere in Texas. Another one for 99 99. Are these at Land no Rover? I know I know of a couple of dealerships that are paying like 10 over to buy a car, right? And not but my my question to you is um I actually have a really good client. I mentioned him to you before, but he didn't like the color on that Defender. Yeah. And he really wants one because it's for his kid, actually. Um, and this is one of my, I've, I've been selling him cars since 2012. So obviously, somebody that I'm going to take, take care, care of. So, Get him what he wants. Um, no, because you know more about the out-of-state new cars. and st like, like I'm more on the used side and, you know, I can tell you, how to do a Senna out of state and take two trades and one of them goes one place, one of them goes the other, like lease yeah. done easy. But I, I, for the life of me, I can't figure out how to get a Land Rover for close to sticker for this guy. So maybe you could help me out with that. Cause that's, I mean, he's ready so, to go. The only way, and I'll, I'll give out the details a little bit, but the rest we'll discuss later. Um, I'll just say two words, demo vehicle. And then the rest I'll talk okay. to you later. So, um, and he's, he's okay with that. I just got to get my guy a car. So we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it. We'll find him something. We usually do. Um, the other one, big news this week. It's all in our feeds, taking up way too much of our time. But thankfully, I've sold eight, eight out of 10 of the orders. New Ford Bronco. You got the Bronco Sport that nobody cares about. Let's be honest. You got the two-door, and then you have the four-door. Where do you stand on these? Are you excited? Are you? I am. Well, I had a Bronco. I had a 68. I'm wondering, they're, they're making all these versions. What, there's the Wildcat? Wild Track. Okay, they wouldn't call it a Wildcat because it's called a, some, it's named after a horse. Yeah. Wild Track. Wild Track, you got a Badlands. You have the first editions, which we ordered a lot of for our clients. Is there an OJ edition? Yeah, there's no OJ edition. Go figure. Um, but strangely enough, I did get a lot of our clients that are interested in owning a white one because of OJ. So <laughs> I have no idea what that says about our clients or, or what they're thinking, but 
Um, hey, you know very what? Strange. Very strange to me. They, they need to make a, a V8 version of it. So, uh, for the, how for many the people, how many YouTubers out there do you think are going to throw a V8 in that thing and put a coyote motor in it six seconds and after? be the first guy? Yeah. Sounds to me like welcome to the land familiar. of depreciation, kids. Go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let me put a $30,000 wide body kit on a $28,000 car. <laughs> I don't. So I think it's going to be a mass market car. I think the first editions they're making 3,500 of. Um, thankfully, I work with one of the biggest stores in the country, and they've been very nice to secure a lot of orders for me ahead of time. Are you going to uh, give me one of those, or am I just, just dead on that? I mean, I. Did I not text you when you needed to fill out your form to get it back to me in time? I did. Yeah, I was driving at the time. I did. And I also- I told you, and this is why, this is why we talked about the Tesla. Because I'm not going to be driving the Tesla for the experience of driving a car. When I'm in my car, I like to drive. You know this. Yeah, so I know. it's hard when you text me and say, hey, order a Bronco, and I'm taking a corner sideways at 75 miles an hour. It's well, all you had to do is- hit that brake a little bit harder, pull over for a second, take the time to order. But honestly, even my assistant. I did pull over. I did pull it, but I was like three minutes too late. My assistant couldn't even get in to order any uh, remaining. I don't feel so bad then. So how did you get 10 of them? Probably the same way you get all the, all the custom shoes. So that I, I never get multiple computers going at the same time. My phone going at the same like time. Like I said, two guys in Florida getting them for me. Uh, <laughs> and, and one guy in Arizona getting them for me. And then just, they have no interest in owning the car. I was just like, hey, I, I only have so many hands. Can you guys help me out on this? And that's, that's what we wound up with. So, I mean, I think the car looks good. I'm kind of- I love the orange. Four door. Um, let me see if I could pop this up here. I, I, you know what I, I like is I like they did, the, they, they did the, the window on the door thing. That's cool. I agree. I think that looks pretty And cool. the two door would be, would be me. I wouldn't do the four door. Oh, what really? If it was you, I'm not talking about what you think customers will like. So just take your mind out of customer mode and into Greg mode for a second. If you were going to drive one right now in the, in the outback of Australia. I mean, you're, you're more in favor of this. Okay. Oh, show me the other one then. That thing's terrible. Um, well, that's just a bad picture of a, of a, of a poorly done truck. No, no. I was, I accidentally pulled up the, the sport version of it. Um, on my screen uh, I, I saw the one with all the tops off and and it was orange and i was like that's that's sexy yeah with the the no door with the hole in the door and everything did they get that from the mclaren center uh, i mean <laughs> i think they probably got it from remember in the in the 70s and 80s they would use the nets on the doors yeah mine had those don't don't bring up a sore subject yeah, I, th I think that's I think that's where they got that. But I, I would so I think from what I've heard from Ford dealers, actually. So so forty years ago, not not the recently built McLaren Senate. Okay, that's not a no no no. Truck. The the seventies and eighties like Jeeps and, and Broncos and stuff. No, I know, I know. Yeah. On the doors like those. But so recently, I had a discussion with um, a couple buddies of mine that own Ford stores, and I said, "So what do you think of this new Bronco?" Cause you guys have seen it. Like you've gone to Texas and you've seen it at like an undisclosed location. Of course they did the, the launch in Texas. Woo doggy. Yeah. Go ahead. Hands in the air. America. Yeah. So both of them said the same thing. 
I think people are going to be disappointed when they see the two door in person. It doesn't look great. It looks like it got smashed. So I'm curious to see because at the end of the video that they produced, that's 11 minutes long. It, I haven't even watched the video. I saw the horse jumping in the air and all that, but I haven't seen the actual. It says the, it's like a lot of it's computer animated stuff and they're not production vehicles in the shot. And I would not be. Oh, well then never mind. Four door. Sign me up. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't look like that when they come out the two door. So how well, many, why does they make a video that they're, they're not going to make going? That's a two door. That's big. Like the nineties Bronco. They didn't produce that but people kept showing that one. So it, I don't know. To me, it's like, I need to see this thing. I'm still going to order them for people. Cause I have people that don't care what it even turns out. Like let's, let's consider for a second, just the, the variations of the Bronco as it came from 64, I think it was, or 65. Yeah. And it's whatever. I don't, I don't know. Again, I'm going to get the keyboard warriors here correcting me, but then we went, we went to a bulkier one that like, now is still worth a lot more than a lot of older trucks, right? And then you go to the Bronco 2, which we all know is awful. Small. Like an S10 Blazer size to compete against the S10 Blazer of the 90s. Or like an Isuzu Trooper. Just yeah, it was terrible. Horrible car. Yeah. Um, I don't think those things are even worth anything now. Like, they're not. No. With all, the, all this old stuff that's going up, even stuff that you wouldn't expect. It's which like is a another thing too. It's not worth anything. It's not just because right. it says Mustang on it doesn't make it worth what Mustang exactly. is. Mustang. So off topic, I guess, when we're talking about stuff going up, I want to ask you, because you seem to know this stuff, uh, case in point, your Mercedes that you flipped recently. Yep. Um, cool car. But um, what do you think as far as like, maybe not like cars that are out right now, but like maybe like 05 and up, maybe like 05, other than the obvious ones, like the, the 911Rs. I'm talking about like cars that are like under 100 grand. Like, for example, like Evo, like low mileage Evo. I'm just going to give you a freebie. See that right there? The Eddie Bauer? Yep. Now look what it says. Buy them and stick them straight on eBay says, buy them and stick them straight on eBay for profit because clean ones with low miles will bring all the money. Because right now, if you buy a 90s Bronco, that's going to bring the money. Like, those, those I think, are going to wind up going. So what, should I just go get one and just put it away for a while? I think so. Like, to me, that's an exportable car to, to places that aren't getting the new Bronco. And I think that's a car that kids that can't afford a $50,000 Bronco that are 18, 19 years old. Dude, the Bronco is already a craze and, and we, we don't know if it's a real picture yet. Exactly. So why wouldn't they buy a nineties Bronco that they can buy for 15 grand? Seems like a pretty easy place to put money. Crate motors are cheap. Interiors are easy. What In fact, else there was just one locally for sale that was a pre-runner dude. It was like a uh, Grigio Telesto color. Maybe not that color, but yeah, but yeah. similar or just lead foot gray, I guess would be the sim simple version of that. Yeah. But. I mean, there's a guy in Rancho Santa Fe drives a 70 Mach one um, and he painted it avalanche gray and put black Ford stripes on it. Everything like it's ridiculous. He, he wanted to put all the money in the car and he has a 420 
nine in it, 429. Yeah. And it's a monster, but people, you know, people are like, oh, it's not original. So what? He's got the money to do it. It's his car, not yours. You don't have to drive it or pay for it. It looks great. Whatever. Yeah. He paid all the money for that car. Good for him. God bless him. And he's enjoying it. That on Broncos. Okay. So actually, no, you're right. Cause I mean, you could buy three of them for the price that you could get a 68 for. Cause I was going to say 68 or one of those, but your percentage is higher on the, on the nineties exactly. one. Exactly. And your money out is a lot less and your risk. See, I'm learning. Less. It only took me 10 years. And now that we've known each other, but yeah, I'm getting there. Prime example right now, nineties Fox body Mustangs with low miles uh, in a GT coupe. You're seeing these Dude, things sell. Yes. For or, or especially a Cobra. Yeah, um, I mean, Cobra's a good night. Like, those things are putting the lights out. Like, it's, it's crazy. Who thought that, that car was like three grand? I thought. I was when they were 22, 23 grand, and I had bought them for seven. So, it's. How that, long ago was that? 2009, 10-ish. And I was turning them in. And what, what's, a good, what's a good Cobra now? Oh, God. Like a Fox body. Five grand. How much? 35 to 55 grand in there, depending on color. Dude, now that we're talking about uh, Mustangs, Cobra R, 2001, or was it 01 or 2000? Right there. It was the second generation of the Cobra R. So not the 97, 98 body, the square body one. You're the talking one about right the after it. Yeah, the square body one. The red the one. They're only red. Yeah. I don't know. That. They had that spoiler that, yeah. And then that, that Motor Trend article came out and they were like competing with the Z06 and handled better. Yeah. If it doesn't have miles on it, it's not worth anything. If it, if it, or if it doesn't have miles on it, it's worth something. If it does have miles on it, I would stay away. But if you could find one that's under good ownership, that's been well taken care of, that's a good place to put some money. Like so that. a Fox body, just a GT would be a good place too, right? Yeah. A GT, low miles. Like a 93, um, 96. Yeah, well, 93, uh, 94 was the last year of the Fox body. So you want to get 92, 93, and a 5 liter. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the 96 was the next gen, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want to get a hatchback. So um, 92, 93 are the best I year. I love that car, personally. I think tricked out, I think that car's sick. And that, that was such, such an easy place for me to pour money into in my younger years was – those Mustangs and you could go to the Mustang shop in Chandler, Arizona and buy everything for that car to get as much horsepower as you wanted to pay for and depreciate your car as much as you wanted to, to just rip tires off of those things all day long. But now if you find one, that's a good color, that's black with the red interior or white with the red interior or, um, the green with the black interior there's there's just the market's only going to grow on those cars because now people of that age range can pay for them yeah oh you know what i honestly almost bought one of these a few weeks ago because i was browsing on one of the sites and saw it because we're bored yeah no because i dude i don't know I, I just love like special mustangs i don't know what it is about me well you i mean I've had four Shelby's now. So, and that's my last four daily drivers other than that stupid Jaguar. But anyways, um, a mystical Terminator Cobra. That's rare. That is one of my favorite, like 
under a hundred grand cars. I think right now, no, like I don't care if it's stock. Yeah. I think that a, part, you don't touch it. Like to me, it's like, you don't want to touch it. I have some of these things. I have to enjoy it. So I feel like my money is working in the right place and I'm getting something out of it. That's a car. I feel like I wouldn't be able to drive. So with me, I just want to have one and stock and have it for like an, enough time to obviously make a little bit of money on it if I can, but enough time to just like not put a, a bunch of miles on it. But like, I would want a stock one, not like a Kenny Bell, a supercharged crazy one, because I want to feel what it was like when it was new. You know what I mean? Like I, that's, I think when I start collecting cars, like that's what I'm, I don't, I don't want modded cars. I, you know, like on that car, I, I obviously maybe I would mod it after I drove it. Own that car new. What's that? You want the experience of owning that car new. Right. As close to it as possible. I get it. Cause I was in high school when they came out and one of the, one of the rich kids, uh, mom's bottom one, <laughs> but it was a convertible, but I was like, that car is sick. And the paint is badass. Yeah. But anyways, back to, uh, so what cars do we have available right now that we feel like these cars are good cars. They're going to go fast. We got a couple good cars in this week. Um, we don't usually keep anything longer than a week or two. I mean, realistically, um, I'll tell you what I need badly before we get to that is G63s. I, yeah, all day, every day. Who would have thought, dude? They've been out for almost what two years now. We're coming, we're coming on to the 2021 model year. Yep. And they're still like crazy over. Well, that's really, so that that's a reason why people sell us the, these cars too. Is that they've already had it for. We'll get them the money. They've enjoyed the car, and now it's time for them to get like move it down the road, and sometimes. They'll go to a little place, you know, big blue building down the street filled with cars in the lot. We won't say who it is, but they give you bids on your car real fast. And my phone will ring about five seconds after they run out of that place because they'll put a ludicrous number on a car like that because they don't pay for cars over a certain dollar amount. We obviously do. And or they don't call, understand that market either. Yeah. Yeah. Or they'll call their Mercedes store after you know, going there for a service, their first or second service on the car and thinking, you know, it's time I'll get something else. I'm not enjoying this as much as I thought, or I just want something different. And that Mercedes store who they didn't buy the car from originally anyway, cause they came through us offers them peanuts for these things because they want to make 30, 40, 50 grand flipping this car. And they're a franchise Mercedes store that gets them new and does the same thing to their clients by charging them 35 to 50 grand over MSRP for the car. And they're never seeing that guy again. Ever. And some of these guys are stupid enough to go back and if, you know, I'll call you stupid. And if you're done, you're one of these guys that goes and does that. Don't call me. I'm not your guy. Cause I'm the guy that's going to actually save you money and try and keep you with me for the next 20 years. Managing Absolutely. But the thing that bothers me too, about those, about a lot of these stores is it's one thing to, you know, make your money, right? It's, again, every business has to make money. In my opinion, it's criminal what's, what they charge people sometimes, and especially what they do on the back end of the deal that we yeah. can control. When they're like, and oh, we, but you also have to buy all these warranties and products if we decide to sell you this car for 35 Which is another 10 grand, right? At or least whatever I saw one dealer try and charge 20 grand with a $35,000 addendum. So 55 grand over sticker on a $175,000 car. Nothing. You're literally just, you're just, you're just lighting your money on fire. Yeah. And, and plus this dealer is also getting full margin from 
retail to invoice plus their hold back. Yeah, we've, we've forgotten about that on these cars because nobody, nobody's ever going to get it. But you know, that's eight grand there probably. Who knows? Oh, I know. Seventeen five. Seventeen five on oh, one hundred seventy four more thousand dollar window. Yeah. I did the math the other day. It's twenty three thousand. So, so that's a seventy thousand dollar front uh, front and back gross before yeah, they finance. Seventy eight. Probably grand. making about five grand on. Yeah, seventy eight grand, and they were paying the salesperson probably five dollars to do the deal. So, yeah. Well, he's hourly already, and, and he might get a hundred dollar bonus. Yeah. Just you know what I mean? Like it's just criminal. It's ludicrous. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand it. But, Printing money. But come to us with those cars. Literally, if you're watching this, you're out there, you have a G63 or a G550 and you're like, hey, it's time for me to go get the next car. Bring that to us. At least we can find you another buyer. We have buyers lined up probably through the next year for that car at minimum. And yeah, within, within an afternoon, you'll- Yeah, and you'll literally, I mean, you're back with for deep sea blue ones, um, any- Black any, on red, matte yeah, black on red, white on red. And, and we can get you a lot more than your local dealer ever would consider paying you for it because we're also going to make a lot less on the transition, but, or the transaction, but we're, we're going to keep everybody happy and play fair with everybody. And, and hopefully at the end of the day, everybody feels like they won by dealing with us and we can move cars down the road a lot quicker and efficiently. And you never even have to come in contact. We can have them shipped right to your front door, keep everybody safe at your house and, and make you feel like your business is appreciated. At the end of the day, I like providing an experience. That's why a lot of my clients are who they are and, and do business with us because they could literally go anywhere and do business with right. anyone and buy a car from anyone. And they, they choose not to because I take care of them. So I know you do the same. Um, yeah. And, and now I'm getting more and more resources. Like, you know, for example, the banks that I work with, you know, I'm able to kind of like know what they're looking for um, as far as, approvals that they have um i don't need to say any names but let's just say that a lot of times if you if you send me a car you know what if i have a, a not only a dealer but a bank with a retail buyer ready to go wouldn't you like to know that you could have gotten retail for your car by making one phone call it happened yeah. last week what dealer on. is going to allow you to do that you know and if you listen you to it anyway everybody's yeah. going to come to you and be like well you know i need a discount plus you're not going to give me financing so if I buy the car from you, private party, are you going to finance me? No, you're not going to finance me. Let's be honest. You're going to yeah, get and, and I'm direct already to, to this, to some of these companies that already have a done deal. Like they're just waiting for a car. The other day, uh, somebody saw my Instagram post. Um, he's in Texas. I never met him or his brother in my life. Now, you know, they're probably going to be great customers for us, but he hit me up. Um, because he saw a post about a different car saying that I was, you know, I needed to buy, you know, whatever car it was. He's like, Hey, I have a Huracan. This Great. car never, this car was never listed anywhere. And he had just decided to sell it. So not only did the customer on the other side of the, the deal get a really cool car that was never listed. Like it, it wasn't on car gurus and every other site out there. And yeah. everybody, you know, was already trying to like grind the dealership on it, but it was still too much money. So he got a good deal, but my seller basically got retail for his car just because he DM me on Instagram. I'm not saying that happens all the time, but the opportunities for that to happen are getting better and better. Yeah, I would agree. Just with the, you know, just with the, the people that we work with. Where are you then, at with these people that think that by going to an online auction source, they're going to get more money for their car um, by putting it through like an eBay or bring a trailers or now, um, 
our buddy Doug's cars and bids auction on some of these cars. Um, we, well, you already know um, the results of uh, obviously hundreds of these cars. So I think for the right niche stuff, like for example, and you can tell me on this one, but I have this really cool charger that I sent you this old one. Um, maybe that'll do well on brand trailer, but maybe you could tell me if, if it's not going to do well and I can, yeah, I don't think you know. it will. I think it's too unique for the crowd of people that like to pick everything apart on there. And I think if you're not a seller who frequently puts cars like that on there, so your track record is selling cars like that. So they know that that's the type of vehicles you're, you're used to selling and, and you, you're informed on how to build them and make sure that they're, they're clean and put together well and, and they are what they say they are. I think that's your value won't go where you need it to be. I think a car like that goes on eBay, gets exported to a different market and it's a different buyer because I feel like the people that are in the comment section of bring a trailer going back and forth with the people who are bidding on these cars, a lot of that's going to be a bloodbath. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the times it puts a lot of worry and doubt into somebody's mind when they're about to bid and they're reading the comments that might not be validated by somebody who's never actually bought a vehicle from a source like that or a type the of problem vehicle. That is like, is you're almost, it's almost like when I go on Facebook and I, and I'm, and I, and I quickly log off because all you see is people arguing with each other about right. nothing. Yeah. So you're just putting your car in the middle of an argument. Pretty much. They're, they're uninformed about or not educated on like, but on the flip side of that, how, how are some of these cars bringing crazy money though? Like what, what, what I think a lot of them are, are because you have certain people from outside the United States watching and looking for these cars and really, really studying the market and watching these sites religiously as to what cars get on there. Because like after talking with a guy in Sydney about, um, about 80, 80 odd muscle cars that he has in a warehouse in Sydney and what he's been able to sell and what doesn't sell. He, he buys a lot of cars off bring a trailer and floats them over because they'll sell for a fraction of what they're worth over there. Cars over there. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they sell for a fraction of what they're worth over here. So um, as you know, like I've been talking to you about bringing, I'm going to bring a lot of like sixties muscle cars and low riders over here because there's just no, there's a market that's willing to pay for it and there's no inventory. So it, it's while I'm here, I might as well capitalize on the fact that I've found a niche in the market. I've exposed yeah. it. There's plenty of room for me to make a pile of money over here, putting cars on the road. So while I'm here, I might as well make the best of that. But I feel like with certain cars, there's guys that now have made this money. They're waiting. Perfect example, E30 M3s, 500Es to an extent, like the one I just sold. Um, and when they find a really clean example of the car and it's been touched by the right people or it's been under the right ownership or it has low enough miles, they're willing to pay astronomical amounts for these cars because they either want to enjoy them or, put them away. or use it as an investment tool that potentially could go up in value over the next 10 to 15 years. Right. So, but yeah, as far as like on the newer stuff, like the stuff that's under warranty that you know, yeah. I do 15 of a month you know, or, you know, yeah. you do, don't, you know, don't put it on that site. You're going to kill the value of that car's market. So, I think. yeah. But my, my opinion on, on a lot of these, um, you know, quick, quick bid things is the difference is, you know, you're going to get a lot of times, um, it's kind of like going to CarMax. It's a gamble, right? But, uh, 
a lot of these companies, they're trying to buy stuff cheap enough to where they can still wholesale it to a dealership and make, you know, profit. So when you give somebody that actually has retail clients, a car that is obviously a retailable car, chances are you're going to, you have, you're, you're upping your odds of finding a retail buyer. And if you don't, then at least, you know, that somebody's not trying to make 15 grand on you to flip it to a dealership. So, you know what I mean? So that's, that's the difference. Sometimes I feel like there's, there's steals. Like if, if the auction closes and it doesn't hit reserve, obviously you know that that buyer isn't there for your car. Like let's say a 720S on, on cars and bids or bring a trailer, like cars and bids, it brought retail. There was somebody there to buy that car at retail, like in the, in the low twos on that car. Fine. Great money. You got a great car for, check this out. for retail money, but you actually could have just come to us and probably bought the car for 10 grand less. So right. to me, it's like, and then if it's on bring a trailer and it brings 185 and it doesn't sell, well, now, you know, there's not a buyer there for it because those, those types of buyers are looking for something special and unique and they're willing to pay for those cars, but something that they could call a dealer and, and buy a car that's in stock for, you know, 20, 30 grand more than that number. There's a reason why that person didn't, didn't lower their reserve because they don't have to, they could just put it back on their lot and sell it at retail yeah. to somebody else for 220, 225. And it's going to sell for that. 100%. So, I feel like a lot of it is guidance. We're appraising a lot more cars lately, telling people what their cars are worth. Yeah, um, no, let me actually, I'll, I'll go through right now. I'll give you a couple cars that are available. Cause you asked me about that. Yep. Um, we got that Seinfeld 2016 GT3 RS in liquid metal silver available, very low miles, under 1500 miles, 449 window. Um, that car is available. We have a 2006 Lamborghini Gallardo. Um, that car is available. It's an SE model. How many miles? I want to say 6,000, 5,400. Okay. All right. We have the Fastback Mustang available. That was a 60... Seven, the sixty-eight, the the 68 Yeah, sixty-eight fastback. Yeah, uh, GT five hundred available has a um, crate motor in that in that car. It's a Coyote motor. Car is built flawless. It'll rock supercharged. I mean, it's, it's that whole car. car. It that's that's the real deal. That car is the real deal. Yeah, it's done. Everything's done right. Like yeah, completely. Oh, sixty-three. Um, a 63 resto mod um, Corvette yep. with a, with the Z06 interior, pretty much like seats and stuff. And then everything else is, is done, but this is a complete frame off uh, build. Um, and I have all the build info. It's too, too much to talk about now. It'll, it'll take all, it'll yeah, take longer. For our resto mods that we have right now. I mean, the, the I don't really play games with resto mods unless they're like legit, legit. I feel like right now is the market where people are turning them to go buy other stuff. And today I got a, a 72 uh, short bed Chevy Dually with custom wheels in the back with a 502. It's dropped to the ground. It's from one of my, my good buddies, Joe. How much is that thing asking? I mean, I don't, we were looking to appraise it today and I think I'm going to have to throw it on a lift and do some more stuff to kind of get a better idea of value. Cause there's, let's just say there's, way more money dumped into that thing than we're going to ask for it. And I'm talking at a comma and there's way more money into it than we're going to get for it. But I, I think you could own that car, that truck for sub 
50 grand maybe at this point. Oh there was and a lot more before, I think. It was, yeah, I mean, he's, he's like as as far. But now he's at the point where it's like he wants a new toy badly and it's taking up space and it's sitting on a lift and he doesn't want it. So we're going to find it a home and cut it loose. But Okay, we need, we need to talk about that one later. Um, so I actually have... 500? Yeah, five hundred seventy-one miles. Have hold though, right? Yeah, I mean we do, but if somebody wants to jump in and and get another one, and we have another one down the line, you know. Yeah, so that's an eighty-one sticker. Um, it's under a hundred miles on it, basically delivery miles. Yep. Uh, he put the resonator delete on it, so it has that. He has a stock one too, and you know you can switch them out. It just has a louder exhaust now. Um, but and then I have uh, actually two. Speaking of Fords two four gts right now but i think uh our, our buddy has uh has the red one sold um silver possibly one? tomorrow what about the silver one the silver one is available and that's that's uh, two thousand miles of the um actually it's ironically enough the uh the silver one is a three option car and and the missing option is the stripe which i i, I think it's cool and yep. apparently they're worth a little more. So I have a four option silver one. If somebody wants the silver one with the stripes, I have one of those available currently as well with 850. Four GTs, maybe the red one sold, but we'll, we'll know tomorrow. Yep. So, and we'll, we're going to start doing a more updates on available inventory too, I think, and yeah. get all that going too. So um, I have a couple 720 S's that I'm, that I'm working on. Uh, the red one with 10,000 miles is sold as of today. So that deal is buttoned up for the weekend, but we have a, a spider that I'm, that I'm hoping to get. Um, and then also a, a green coupe, uh, 18 with a high window. It's like a 367 sticker. Okay. So, MSO we were offered an orange one today as well that I might try and pick up also moving forward into the week. Okay. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll figure that out. And then 20 S's. Um, GT so what we'll do is on, um, RS's, got a couple on the of reserve, motor group. Um, I mean, I was, I'm always going to put this stuff on my Instagram, yeah. um, at the driver 88. Um, but on, on your, um, personal one, and then also on the reserve motor group, um, page, we'll, we'll update incoming stuff, like stuff that we know is actually locked in. That's either coming or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Like not just like, Oh, we can get this car. It's like, no, this is, we're yeah, if anybody's this. looking for anything specific at any time, um, you can contact us at any time. We more than that likely have access to it through our large dealer network of over 2,300 stores that we work with on a continual basis. We can access cars for you if you're looking for anything from a Dodge truck to turn. And even if we don't have it, we put it on our list and then yeah. we'll ping we you as soon as something comes up. And, and you'll hear about it when it's still like a, a pending trade-in. Obviously, we're not going to promise it to you until it's like, for sure like Someone locked in make sure it's perfect but at least we'll tell you what it is and and you'll have an idea that maybe we have a car for you and then if it's locked in then we'll talk with numbers and we'll go for it so yep. that's any state like for example i just got somebody a senna and he has he's trading in two cars actually the gt500 is one of them um the senna is coming from nashville or tennessee area it's getting serviced in atlanta then it's going to PA. This is all in the, by Saturday. It's all planned out. Then that GT500 is one of the trades. The other trade-in is coming out to California because the dealer that bought it's out here. Um, so it's like, you know, two trades on that deal. Uh, customers out of state, cars in a completely different state. So that Super was just... Solutions. 
delivered that to was a Tuesday for me. And, and, and that's, you know, honestly, it's just, it's just a matter of knowing the right people everywhere. Cause we have, we have, we, we, we have the connections for service in Atlanta. We have the connections for the dealer to write the paperwork. Uh, if we're not, if we're not doing the paperwork ourselves and we have to use an out of state dealer, great. Or if that doesn't happen, we'll use a reg service, but we know how to do that stuff. Yep. We're not going to say, Oh, uh, let me call you back. And then. Well, and we get it, we get a truck to them properly through an insured um, transporter that obviously keeps their vehicle protected. doesn't pull over on the side of the road and joyride their vehicle. Like some of these people do. And we take that very seriously. Obviously we've worked with the same people for years. So we trust them and, I heard about one of the stories. It was a nightmare. Yeah, man. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. So it's it's pretty crazy to witness people taking advantage of other people like that. But um, we definitely, obviously, protect our client base, and and that's why we don't share names or or certain things with with the general public on a lot of Never. this. But it's good to just get out there, show people kind of what we do, give them examples of of cars coming to market and cars that we're currently buying and selling and trading. Um, yeah, and that way we can kind of let them in on stuff that they don't see now that we have an opportunity to kind of take a breath of, of not, I won't say fresh air, but like take a step back because everything is moving at a slower pace uh, for the rest of the world right now. We've obviously been busy, but um, the fact that we can work from home right now, sit down, kind of plot and plan where our next moves are. And we have a client base that's keeping us very, very busy, keeping our team busy, keeping everybody moving cars across the country and, and, taking care of the people that take care of us, honestly, like means a lot to me that they're willing to call me instead of dealing with their local dealers who one right now aren't giving any discounts to anybody because they use the excuse. Oh, I don't have inventory. The factories are closed. Yeah. While that might be valid, you also, but then on the trade in there's, they're giving you the COVID uh, excuses. COVID pricing. Yeah. Yeah. So what's going on in the the world right now? This is why your trade is worth 50 grand under wholesale. Like no, yet if I go to the auction, I'm paying over, over book value. So over KBB, which every client looks at on everything over if I go to the auction. So these dealers need to step up. We hold them accountable. We make them step up if they're going to buy the trade, if we don't buy it ourselves. And right now you can't find good inventory. So we're willing to pay more. They should be also. It's right. the thing where if we're the little guy and they're the big guy, why are we paying more? Like doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, but I want to thank everybody for giving us a chance watching this, uh, sticking through this. I know it's been, it's been a long first one. I feel like we're going to do a lot more of these. We're going to bring on a lot of people from the car industry that you might My recognize. My secretary fell asleep. So side that back for more. Um, so <laughs> stick with us. I am Greg Clymer at Greg Clymer on Instagram at the at Reserve Motor Group. Uh, you can find us at any time. We're available through the DMs twenty four seven. He is uh, Andrew Pappas. Uh, and again, this is my, uh, my uh, CFO, Dita. Um, and it's uh, at the driver 88 is my Instagram. There you go. So until we see you again, stay on the road, keep it on two wheels, uh, hopefully four wheels, something. I don't know. It depends who it is, really. Well, if you hit a curb just right, you can knock a couple of the wheels off. <laughs> that guy over there always, always hitting curbs. So thanks yeah. again. Appreciate it. We don't do this for a living, but we will buy and sell your car. Until then. <laughs>